this is the last uh, of the series of Game Changers. Uh, Jesus doing ministry after 40 days. And I pray that the children will experience the resurrecting power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And pray for the same power on the teachers and the volunteers. So Santa Clara First Baptist Church, let's send our kids with a great blessing and let them have great, great time at the kids' zone. Okay, let's give them a big hand. Please be seated. Please be seated. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Uh, your kids will be well taken care of. Our children, our teachers are very compassionate, caring, and uh, very qualified and trained. So your kids are in good hands. Um, last, the last series that we did um, on seven, the seven churches, we had baptism, we had salvation, and we had uh, people join the church in the last series. Right? It was a great series. Now we have this came dangerous series, and we have salvation, we have baptism, and we have people join the church. Uh, I think God's moving in this church. Let's give glory to Him, right? He is, he is moving. He is moving in there. And we look forward, uh, we look forward to next Sunday because uh, we are planning to have baptism next Sunday. And if some of you have been praying and uh, the Lord has been nudging you to take that step, one step forward for baptism, uh, please come and see us or come and see me. And uh, we will walk through with you to celebrate your great testimony. Uh, that's what I want to share um, as a blessing before I start. We're going to turn our Bible to uh, uh, John chapter 21. And in John chapter 21, and let me read it for you. Uh, the first verses, and then I'll read uh, um, the conversation with Peter and Jesus after he served breakfast. Uh, John 21, verses starting 1. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called Dietimus, twin, double, uh, Nathaniel from uh, Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. The two other disciples were not named, so there were seven of them. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we will go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they got nothing. And I'm going down to verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you truly love me more than this? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Verse 17. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
Peter was hurt because Jesus has asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. It's a great, great conversation there. It's a powerful word. And we want to talk about restoration today. Reinstatement, reinstating, and restoration. This has been a, a very inspiring series for me as I read the Word of God. God has been doing work in my own life. You know, and as I read the life of Peter, and, it, and follow the journey of Peter, uh, it reminded of me that how many mistakes I have made in my walk with the Lord. Uh, how many, uh, the regret that we have, you know, the pain and the grief that we have because uh, we made a mistake in following the Lord. You know, Peter is mentioned 158 times in the Bible. If you look at it about, well, if you uh, cross-references, it's about 160 to 70 times mentioned uh, in the Bible. And Simon, Simon itself, which is his name, is also mentioned about 70 times. You know, the Bible talks a lot about Peter. When you read in the New Testament and in the letter of Paul, you can, you can see that Paul, uh, Peter is a towering presence for good, for bad. And there are many lessons that we can learn from Peter. One of the first, so let's look at Peter. Uh, uh, and uh, just follow him. The first time Jesus saw Peter, the first time Jesus saw Peter, he was fishing with his brother Andrew. That is in Matthew chapter 4, when you read in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 18 onwards, you find that uh, uh, Andrew, uh, Jesus wa was walking by the Sea of Galilee, and, they, and he saw Andrew and Peter uh, fishing. If you read in John, the account is a little different. It was Andrew that met the Lord Jesus Christ first. And so when he met the Lord Jesus Christ, he ran to his brother uh, Simon Peter and said, oh, Brother, I have found the Messiah. Come, let me take you to him in John. And people say, hey, there is a different account. No, there is no different account because when you read Matthew chapter 4, he said, Jesus said he just saw Andrew and Peter fishing. He didn't immediately call them. He just saw them. When you read actually from 19, in 19 is the one when Jesus called Peter and Andrew to follow. That did not immediately happen. So there is no discrepancy there. People may say, that's apologetics. But we're not going to go into that. I just want to throw that out to you if you're thinking that. Okay? The other time, so Jesus saw him fishing first time. And look at Peter. What, what did he do? What happened to him after he followed the Lord Jesus Christ? One of the things that came to us, uh, to our memory, and when we read the scripture, is also that uh, Peter walked on the water. 
I mean, who has walked on the water? Peter walked on the water, Matthew 16. When you read in Matthew chapter 16, then 16 onward, Peter walked on the water. And I'm sure the disciples were looking at Peter. Hey, Peter, are you really going to go out on the water? You know, and he stepped out on the water. He's walking and the disciples are saying, he's really walking on the water. Maybe, I don't know, what would they feel at that time? Maybe they want to walk on the water. And uh, looking at Peter, maybe, uh, maybe a little envious or jealous. I don't know what they're feeling, you know, and, uh, 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 and then the, as he walks on the water, and the disciples are looking, oh, Peter's walking on the water, and suddenly he's falling down on the water, he's drowning. What do you think the disciples did? Oh, Peter! Yes, he fell. Oh, Peter, are you falling down? You know, uh, and uh, Peter might have said, look, see, God, what did they do, you know? But he, but he walked on the water. Those things are not written, I'm just putting in there, okay? And not only that, um, the conversation uh, that Jesus and Peter had when all many of the disciples have left the Lord Jesus Christ because of the hard teaching. What did Peter say uh, about uh, Jesus Christ? Because he, he asked them, who do you think that I am? What do people say that I am? It was Peter that said in Matthew 16 again, uh, that uh, um, you are Christ. You are Christ. You're the Son of God. Right. By the way, uh, uh, when Peter walked on the water, it was in Matthew 14, not 16. Okay? In Matthew 14, when you read. In Matthew 16, he said, You're Christ, you're the Messiah. Confession that comes from him. And as they go again, as the conversation follows with the Lord Jesus Christ, and things are happening, events are happening, people are healed, they have seen great things. And at one point of time, the conversation happened again. And Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. But right after that, Jesus also said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Peter was trying to tempt the Lord Jesus Christ not to go through the cross and the suffering. The death and the life and the resurrection. And he has to say to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Name calling. All kinds of things are happening in Peter's life. But he also saw the glorious thing. He saw the transfiguration of our Lord Jesus Christ on the mountain. The inner circle. Peter, James, and John. Our Lord Jesus was transfigured. Moses and Elijah. And he's watching, you know, and he said the darndest things again. Hey, Lord, can I make three tents? I mean, where does he get this idea? Where does the tent come from? It could be because during the feast, the festival of the feast, maybe they want to stay out there on the mountain. It could be. Or he wants to experience the mountaintop experience and not go down to the valley and do the work. Because at that time, the disciples were trying to drive out the demons from the boy. They couldn't do it. He'd rather be up there on the mountain with the Lord Jesus Christ and see this glorious thing, transfiguration. And there is this conversation again when you go on. Um, it's about forgiveness. And Jesus said, uh, Peter said, because he's trying to overdo the Jew, 
who are asked to uh, forgive three times, three times. And he's going to the Lord, I'm going to do better than them. So, Lord, uh, should I forgive seven times? It's like, right? Double and more. And say, yeah, the Lord's going to be impressed. And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. You know that conversation. You know that conversation. And then there is now the, the time for the Lord to go to the cross and die uh, for the sins of this world. And he's looking at other disciples and he's saying to the Lord, even if they all fall away, I will not. I will die for you. I will never, never run away from you. That conversation is happening. Matthew 26, verse 33. And then 34, 35. Even if I have to die, I will not deny you. And they were at the garden in Gethsemane. And Jesus was grieved. And he prayed to the Lord. There was a question from our church member on whether Jesus had fear. At, at, because he was saying, take this cup away from me. Or he, or he dreaded. And I like the word of our member that he uh, Uh, They use the word dread. He dreaded to go to the cross. It's not because he was fearing. Because Christ is sinless in his nature. And he is now going to take the sins of the world. He hasn't done this before. He is a sinless perfect man. Son of God. And he's going to take the sins of the world. He dreaded this. Not that he feared. Sweated with blood and prayed there. But when they come to arrest him, what did Peter do again? Peter was there again. He had a sword. I don't know where he got a sword in. When he was praying in the garden, Peter had a sword and he pulled out and cut off the ear of the priest's servant. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing what Peter had gone through. And then later, early in the morning, Very early as he followed the Lord from distance. He denied the Lord three times. Three times. When we read John 21, verse 3. Post-resurrection. After Jesus has resurrected. What was Peter doing? Fishing. I am going fishing. Just like when Christ met him the first time. He was fishing the first time Christ saw him. After resurrection, Peter is fishing. What happened to all these experiences? He is where he started. Stagnant. Isn't it sad? Do we feel like that in our lives? That after 60 years, 70 years, 50 years, 40 years, 30 years, 20 years of following the Lord, we find ourselves where we started. We haven't moved on. Peter is fishing. Walking on the water... Forgotten. Proclaiming Jesus the Son of God. Forgotten. 
I will never deny you for God. He's gone back fishing. He was fishing and he still is fishing. He still was fishing. This past two, three weeks has been a lot of work for me, paperwork. Because uh, our family is trying to go to India uh, after Christmas. And we had to apply a lot of papers. A lot of papers. That takes like a lot of time of me. So, in one part is uh, we have to take a passport picture and upload it digitally on the web page and also send in those two pictures. Okay? So, there is an app for everything, right? So, I went to Apple Store and downloaded like four apps for passports. And I took the pictures of my kids, my wife and I, and I said, this is great. And my husband, my husband's so smart, he can do it on his own. And I uploaded those pictures, I printed it and cut it and sent it. Right? It involves money too. Right? It's like $30 for shipping, uh, one day air and coming back with all the documents. I'm saying, oh, finally I'm done, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Well, I received a mail this week, Thursday, Friday, that the photos are not acceptable, it's not to the quality, and I have to take the picture again and send it all over, right? I just, I'm back to where I started. Plus, I'm losing a lot of money. We try to get shortcut in our lives. I'm trying to save $30 or $15, and I'm spending double, not doing a good job. In following the Lord, there is no shortcut. There is no shortcut. This is what the Lord taught us. When Satan was tempting him to say, throw yourself from the temple, worship me, I will give you what you see, I will give you the world. And he said, it is written in the word of God. You shall not worship others except the Lord your God. When we look through shortcuts in our life, even in spiritual life, Without dealing with our griefs and suffering, without dealing with our fear, we want to cut the corner. And when similar situations happen in our life, where do we find ourselves? We find ourselves where we begin. We are fishing. Because we haven't dealt with our fear. We haven't dealt with our pain. We haven't dealt with our grief. You haven't forgiven your parents. You haven't forgiven your brothers and sisters. You haven't forgiven the person that had hurt you. You had tried to get a shortcut. You know, send a quick uh, uh, text message or Facebook message, inbox, Instagram post, and all good. Yeah. But it didn't. It didn't do. It didn't do good to you. And when those things happen, you're back to square one. You're back to square one. When Jesus first saw Peter, he was fishing. Post-resurrection, when Jesus showed himself again to the disciples, Peter was fishing in Tiberias. This is the third time Jesus is appearing to the disciples. The first time was on the first morning of the Easter Sunday. The second time in the evening when Thomas was not there. And this showing again now. With all the disciples. I wonder what was the discussion between Peter and Jesus in the first appearance. Did they say anything? 
Did Jesus look at Peter? What do you think Peter's reaction would have been? Those conversations were not recorded. But at this moment, Peter came, Jesus came for Peter to reinstate him, to restore him, to, to reconcile, to redeem him, so he can too, he can do the work of the Lord. And they were out there fishing and they didn't get anything. They didn't get anything. They caught no fish the whole night. And Jesus appeared. And he said, uh, have you any food? Have you any food? See, the bread of life is politely asking the disciples, have you any, have you any food? Of course, the expected answer would be no. To that polite question. They were not in fellowship with the bread of life. And they have no spiritual food. Or physical food. Jesus expected that it will be a no. He didn't rebuke them. He politely asked. My children. Have you any food? The word children is there. In 21.5. Children. Do you have any food? And they said. No. We don't have any food. So he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. See, following Jesus is decidedly to be on the right side. They were not on the right side. They had gone back fishing. Jesus told them to wait for him in Galilee before he died. They were not waiting for him in Galilee. They, he found them in Jerusalem. And on that evening, he told them again, go and wait for me in Galilee. This is not the pre-arranged Galilee meeting with the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not. Because that meeting will happen. About 500 people were there who witnessed the resurrected body of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the pre-arranged Galilee meeting that Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That there were about 500 people that saw the Lord at the same time. This is not a prearranged meeting. They were in Galilee and they were going out fishing. And what did the other people say? So it was uh, uh, Peter and Andrew, uh, James and John, Nathaniel. And they were fishermen. The two were not named. And since they were fishermen, and when Peter said, I'm going fishing, what did they say? We're coming with you also. They were not waiting on the Lord. They were not on the right side. And they didn't catch anything. If we follow the instruction of Jesus Christ in our life, we will catch some fish. That is enough for us. The word of God is enough for us. The direction of our Lord Jesus Christ is enough for us. But sometimes we do the things that we know that we are comfortable with. Because fishing is what I know. I will go back to fishing. When we mess up, where do we go back? We go back to our dysfunctional behavior. When you commit mistakes in your life, where do we go back? We go back to our dysfunctional behavior that the Lord has delivered us from. So when somebody hurt you, when things are not working out, where do you go? You go to your bottle. You go to drink. That's the way you know. You go back drinking. You go back to your prescription drugs. You go back to shopping. You go back to eating. 
You ravage the fridge. That's how you go. That's how you comfort yourself. And the Lord saying, no, but I'm calling you out of that. And to trust me and my word. That when you trust me and follow me, you decidedly to be on the right side. It's amazing, you know, John has this perception. And when you read John, he will always say, the beloved of Christ. He was the one that said, it is the Lord. He saw these things again. You know, this insightful appearance of the Lord. It is the Lord. Jesus is indeed the Lord. And Peter took out, put on his garment and dived into the ocean. Other people walked to the shore. Peter is always doing something different. You know. He dived into the water. And the Lord said, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. How did he know that he will catch it? Because he is the bread of life. He knows they will catch it. The direction that Jesus gave was never wrong. And it's never wrong today if we follow. But is it enough for us? Is the word of God enough for us? So let's get back to this restoration, redemption, and reconciliation thing. Okay? Because we have painted the, uh, uh, the context of uh, how Jesus um, met Peter post-resurrection. And this is their first conversation. So, Jesus, after giving them breakfast, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the, the Son of God made breakfast because he had made fire already. Because he knew there would be fish. He made fire already. Say, bring the fish. He made the fish and he fed them. I mean, the king of king is giving this kingly breakfast to these fallen, miserable, grieving disciples. And he fed them. And you also saw that every time the Lord Jesus Christ is, he's around food. You know, he loves to eat food. Food has something to do with uh, uh, the fellowship, breaking of the bread together. So he went there, and uh, Peter said, Hey, Peter, uh, let's take a walk, you and I. So they're going for a walk by the beach. And the first question that Peter asked Jesus, uh, Jesus asked Peter was, uh, Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Do you love me more than this? The phrase more than this is not added there by, uh, by accident. Or by, it's not an accident. Because, do you remember? In the, um, uh, Matthew 26, he has said, um, even if I have to die, I will not deny you. What Peter was saying was, I am better than all these disciples. So even if they all run away, I'm not going to run away. Right? And so Peter picked it up, Jesus picked it up, and he's using this asking question. Peter, do you love me more than this? The word is agape. Okay, here. Do you agape more than this? And Peter answered using the lower word. Very interesting. Agape is the higher 
word of love. And Peter answered with the lowered word, You know that I follow you. It's the brotherly, sisterly love. Peter was not using the higher word, love. He said, I follow you. You know that I love you. Because Jesus was getting at the humility of Peter to serve him, to bring glory to him. You see? Because he wasn't humble. He's always better than others. And Jesus is taking this time to say, do you accompany me more than this? And Peter said, I follow you. See, humility is necessary for reconciliation. Without humility, we can't serve the Lord. In the kingdom of God, every servant, every member of the body of Christ needs to have humility. Without humility, we can't serve God. We can't reconcile with God without humility because you think you're so good. You're good. You're so good. Are we there? Right? Humility. Then, this question is interesting again. Second time. Jesus asked the second time. So he has asked now, okay, do you love me more than this? That's taken care, the disciples. Then he comes right at him and says, now, do you love me? So this is Peter's now, okay? Same word, agape. Do you agape me? Do you love me? So Jesus is dealing with Peter. Because he is questioning whether he loved the Lord. He betrayed him three times. He did not keep his word. This is the first interaction. He, Jesus, Peter doesn't know how the Lord has felt about it. Only that he turned his face to Peter and saw his face when the rooster crowed three times. He went out of the city and wept bitterly. But he can see the look in the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, you know that I love you. Same word, Philip. He's not using the higher word, agape. You know that I love you. Admitting our mistakes is a step to restoration, to reconciliation. Acceptance of our mistake is the road to healing. When we are in denial, we are not going to be healed. No, everything is fine. How are you doing? Oh, everything's fine. It doesn't really bother me. How is that relationship going on with your brother and sister? Oh, it doesn't really bother me anymore. We kind of work it out. I don't know. No. Denial will not bring restoration. When you're in denial of not able to overcome your own weaknesses in life, it's not going to bring you on the road to healing. If you're addicted, you have to accept that you're an addict. If you're addicted to anything, whether it's shopping, spending money, drinks, alcohol, drugs, whatever sort of addiction that you have, if you don't accept and admit that you have problem, it's not going to be solved. Peter is admitting his failure here. Lord, I know I, I messed up. But you know I love you. You know I love you. Admission is necessary for redemption. And Jesus asked the third time, 
Every question is a little different. Now, this time, Jesus is using the word of Peter and directly asking him, because when Jesus asks, do you love me, using the higher word, akape, Peter replied two times using the lower word, philo. Now, Jesus is asking the third time, do you philo me? He is using the word of Peter. And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, there is a vivid memory of the three denials of Peter and the three questions that were asked by the Lord Jesus Christ. And Peter was grieved because it hit him right there with those three questions that he denied the Lord three times. We cannot be restored if our griefs are not dealt with. If you haven't mourned for your loss, if you haven't mourned for your pain, if you haven't mourned for your failure and mistakes, you cannot move on. There has to be a mourning. There has to be a healing. There has to be a restoration. There has to be a reconciliation. And there has to be a redemption. When you are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, when you are redeemed by the forgiveness of God, when you are redeemed by the forgiveness of the body of Christ, when you forgive yourself, then you can move on to experience the resurrecting power of our Lord Jesus Christ and go and serve in His kingdom. Restoration, redemption, reconciliation is absolutely necessary for the gospel to be spread throughout the world. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ stayed back for for 40 days, especially for Peter, and had to take him out on a breakfast and a walk on a beach in the morning to restore him, to redeem him, and to reconcile him. And you think that the Lord Jesus Christ do only for Peter? No. I'm telling you this morning, he will do the same thing for you and I. For you and I. But we haven't taken that walk with the Lord because we're still fishing. We're still fishing. And He has made this banqueting table for us. This breakfast for us. He has this warm, burning coal and fruit ready to share with you. But we are still fishing. We can't move on. We can't move on with our fears. We can't move on with our worries and concerns. We can't move on with our low self-esteem. We can't move on with all the things that encircle and wraps us and snares us. Fear is a snare that prevents us to live and maximize everything that the Lord has intended for us to live. Acceptance is necessary for restoration. Accepting that we are weak, that we fail, that we make mistakes. None of us here this morning are without mistakes and failures. The only difference among some of us is some of us have owned our mistakes and gone to the Lord to say, forgive me. One of the greatest pain I remember as a young Christian was when I was in university I was on fire for the Lord. I was leading the university fellowship in the church. 
You know, I mean, there are about close to 200,000 in University of Delhi. We have this great fellowship. We worship on Sunday morning. I know because of the look, the skin color that I have sometimes in India, they think that we are foreigners, and they will ask more money whether you go into a cab or something. And when I was coming back from Sunday morning, the same thing happened. Uh, the rickshaw puller, we have a rickshaw. He got down and he asked double the price of the distance. I know, I've been going there back and forth. All the time he asked double. And I was, I was saying, why are you doing this? And I gave him the right here. And he wouldn't take it. And my cousin, he got so angry, you know. And we were young at that time. And, uh, you know, he did some karate move, you know. And, uh, and, and the rickshaw driver, in that confusion, I was holding the Bible. He knocked off my Bible on the street. Well, I lost it. I lost my self-control. And, you know, I was young. I was Jackie Chan and Jet Li mixed together at that time. You know. I jumped up 10 feet high, you know, and gave him a flying kick on his face, you know. And he ran. He was going to call, go and call all his guys to come and beat us up. I went into my room. I went straight to the bathroom with all my clothes on. I turned on the shower. I knelt down and I prayed. It hurt me a lot that Sunday morning right after church. After we have worshipped, preached the word, come back and kick somebody on the face. It was, I grieved. I sat there in the bathroom for a long time and ran the shower and I prayed and I prayed. I said, Lord, please forgive me, forgive me. I looked for him to give him that money if I see him again. I was grieved. It was wrong. That was when I was in my early age. You see, sometimes if we don't deal with our mistakes at the early age, it was okay, 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 it gets bigger. And we become stagnant. The Lord restored Peter because Peter was deeply hurt, grieved, embarrassed. And he confessed to the Lord using humbler, lower word. At this time, he didn't say that he was better than them. He was better than the disciples. He said, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus restored him and said, When you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by the death he would glorify God, and that he had spoken with this. And he said to him, Follow me. Jesus restored Peter and foretold how Peter will glorify or would glorify Jesus even in his death. I want to end with this picture. Fishing in the beginning, fishing post-resurrection. But there's also another story. In the beginning, Jesus said to Peter, follow me. And he dropped the net and followed him. At this conversation, Jesus said to Peter, follow me. And he followed him until his death. And Peter was hanging upside down and crucified for the name of the Lord.
That is what restoration looks like. From a coward, betrayal, prideful, to humble, devoted, committed, even at the point of giving his life. That's the restoration story. That's the restoration story of the gospel that is for you and I. Isn't our God marvelous? He's calling you this morning to be reconciled to Him, to be restored, to be redeemed. If you're in pain, I pray you will go to the Lord. I'm going to ask the worship team to come help us get ready. But as they come up, um, are there any questions from the congregation? I may take one or two questions if you want to ask. Yes. Why did Jesus use Philo and not Agape in that last statement? Peter was not, Peter was not able to come up to the level of Christ. He was an. Christ understood the state of his humility. And what Jesus did was, he came and met Peter where he was. And he used the word philo to identify with Peter and his shame and suffering and where he was. And this, thank you, Abby. This is the beauty of it. This is exactly what Jesus did, and this is the gospel that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ always come and meet where we are. The gospel did not say, you come up here, only then I will meet you. The gospel always comes and finds us in our mess, in our failures, in our mistakes. The gospel just love the way we are and where we are. And uh, restoration happens because of that that Christ met us where we are. Thank you for asking that question. Yeah. Do you have a follow-up, or is that good? Or yeah. Anyone else? Um, I will be waiting for you after the worship here to pray with you. Uh, if you have any question, if you want to give your life to Christ, if you want to become a part of this church, if you're looking for a place to serve in this church, Please come see me and talk to me, and I would like to pray with you. So, let's stand together. <clears throat>